Well, uh, you know, uh, Purim uh, uh, was uh, this week, and even though we're still celebrating it, we begin to now uh, shift gears a little bit uh, and move forward uh, looking uh, toward uh, Passover. We're now entering into that season of the year, a lot going on, right? And uh, just in about a month, uh, we will be uh, celebrating uh, Passover together, and then there's the 50 days of counting the Omer, and sort of we take it as a spiritual journey uh, together. And uh, as you know, there, there are basically two times a year, uh, two seasons of the year is what I should say, two periods of time where we have this kind of uh, communal journeying together uh, in our walk with the Lord. It's in the spring and in the fall, right? Uh, and that's not a coincidence. Uh, of course, it has to do with, in the spring, uh, Passover to Shavuot, uh, uh, Passover to the Feast of Weeks, and then in the fall, uh, the High Holy Days and Sukkot. And the reason that these holidays fall uh, at these times of years because this is when people would go to Jerusalem, people would go to Jerusalem, uh, to bring uh, their offering, to bring the, the fruit of, their, of, of the land, and, and they would come with great anticipation, right? In fact, if you read Psalm 120, Psalm 134, those are called Psalms of a going up, Psalms of ascent. And when you read them, they're, you know, they're, they're, we sing some of them here as songs because they're encouraging and they're looking forward uh, to, uh, to engaging God and, in, and engaging, frankly, the tradition uh, in, in Jerusalem. So hopefully this is a period of time for us kind of, of going up, of uh, being encouraged and, uh, you know, and looking forward. So I thought for uh, the next uh, few weeks, as we look forward to Passover, that uh, we would uh, uh, talk a little bit uh, uh, with anticipation about uh, really what we want to accomplish, what God might do in our hearts and our lives during this, during this season. Of course, when we get close to Passover, we'll talk about the Passover itself and its, and, and its meaning. But this past week, I, I taught in one of our Bible studies, one of our Chavu Ra groups, on Wednesday morning, a passage that really you would never, it doesn't specifically have to do with Passover, but it has a lot to do with the way we conduct our lives and who we want to be as Messiah followers. And, and you know, these holidays are not ends unto themselves. It's not just about celebrating the holiday in a you know, when a good time was had by all. The, these holy days are vehicles for us to draw closer to God. And that's always our, our prayer. Uh, and so uh, we want to turn uh, to, uh, to the Brit Chadashah, to the New Covenant, in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6. You might say, Howard, what does that have to do with Passover or Purim? Oh, just everything, you know. Okay, <laughs> all right, so um, 1 Timothy, it's a great uh, little letter here. Uh, it, um, of course, if you're familiar with it, you know that Paul is writing to Timothy. Paul is the mentor. He's writing to young Timothy, 
Timothy is overseeing a congregation in Ephesus. Uh, Paul uh, is older now, it's, uh, you know, toward the end of his uh, time, and he's mentoring young Timothy. And basically, uh, he mentors him on how to oversee a congregation, what to do if people are teaching different doctrines, the role of men and women in orderliness as a testimony of godliness, how to raise up leaders, handling difficulty between people, issues of benevolence, the need for it with caveats regarding the importance of making sure people are really in need who ask for it. Aren't those all things we deal with all the time? We ought to be reading First Timothy. We've learned a lot, right? So, uh, so much of what we, uh, what we deal with. Now, what's interesting, there's a couple of places in the letter where Paul takes his little uh, diversion and addresses Timothy himself. And it's just kind of interesting. In the fourth chapter, that's where we read uh, where Paul says to Timothy, and take care of yourself, you know? Uh, make, sure that, uh, make sure of your own uh, walk with the Lord and your own health. That's kind of interesting. I shared that as a devotional leadership meeting uh, not, not too long ago, that, you know, it is important that we as uh, overseers and, and all of us, that we're very uh, uh, concerned with serving people and uh, you know, and surrendering to the Lord and doing all the right things, but how important it is that uh, a spiritual leader or an aspiring spiritual leader take care of themselves, make sure that the tank is full, uh, be able to serve. Uh, and so that's in chapter 4. So now, then in chapter 6, uh, he does it again uh, as he's coming toward a close of the letter. And this, this area, this uh, little set of verses here in Chapter 6 is very helpful because it starts out, again, with uh, some real pointers to Timothy in, in oversight, but then Paul zeroes in and makes this uh, application uh, to Timothy's life. And this application, this issue and this application in Timothy's life is a great way for us to approach Passover. So in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, this is a famous uh, little set of verses, uh, and uh, uh, we're going to be reminded uh, of their great meaning. Okay? But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. And if we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men or people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We're going to stop there. So he's in the middle of uh, uh, talking about people who are, if you go back, advocates of a different doctrine, uh, people who uh, have a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, 
uh, which out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, and and uh, so on, uh, and bring friction and bad things. Right. The last thing that uh, Paul uses says about describing these kinds of people is that they suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Okay. Uh, which means here that uh, evidently he see he's he's describing them as people with a lot of issues, but people who in particular see uh, have, uh, knowing the Lord as a means of gain, a means of wealth, a means of wealth. And I think that uh, we probably uh, could actually make that application as a as a means of all kinds of things, you know, as a means of uh, uh, prideful uh, attitudes, as, as a means of uh, being somebody, you know, as a means of, as a vehicle for, uh, if I trust in God, uh, God will give me what I want. But here, uh, here he's talking about uh, as a means of, uh, of, of gain, of gaining wealth. And that becomes quite clear uh, in, this, um, you know, in, in this passage. And then he goes off on this. And uh, so he says here, godliness is a means of great gain when it's accompanied uh, by, uh, by contentment. Godliness is, is a means of great gain when it's accompanied uh, by, uh, uh, by contentment. So when, we when he talks about godliness, uh, you know, it's interesting. When you look it up in a lexicon, an awesome respect when it comes uh, according to God. <laughs> I thought that was great. An awesome respect uh, according to God. Piety, being devout. Being a kind of person uh, who desires to walk in the ways of the Lord. So he says, godliness actually is a means of gain when accompanied by, uh, by a contentment. A, a state of not only having what is sufficient, but being content with what is, uh, with what is uh, uh, sufficient. Godliness is great when we're not using God as a means of some kind of gain. You can name it when it comes to the gain. But here he's, he's talking about, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, uh, finances, right? And he's also seemingly, as this is going to uh, evolve, talking about people who, who view their uh, not only godliness, but perhaps a religious activity or spiritual activity as a, as a vehicle uh, to become rich. I will personally say you're in the wrong line of work uh, if that is uh, your goal. But certainly there are plenty of people, there are plenty of people uh, who, number one, uh, uh, certainly uh, desire great gain, desire wealth, and of course you could say uh, who, uh, who wouldn't, right? Uh, who wouldn't? We live in a culture where gaining wealth is a means of status, 
uh, is uh, believed to be uh, a, a way that uh, 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 the, the way to happiness and fulfillment. And uh, clearly, there are many who view uh, uh, godliness as a way to get what I want. What does God have for me? What is it? What is there for me when I know uh, when I know uh, 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 the, the Lord? Uh, and so uh, here, uh, Paul is uh, making this uh, point uh, about uh, contentment. And he says, for we brought nothing into the world so we can take nothing out of it. And you thought that saying came from somewhere else, right? There it is, uh, right there uh, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures. And of course, you know, you read about it in the uh, book of Job, right? Uh, right there, you know, in the first chapter of Job, uh, right there where uh, Job loses everything, Okay, in 121, all right, so uh, here, Job uh, loses everything, then in verse 20 it says, then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. And so uh, perhaps that is what Paul has, has in mind here, uh, that uh, a godliness is great gain when accompanied by contentment, uh, contentment in, uh, in the Lord. It's also, uh, you also read about it in Ecclesiastes, where uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes basically says the same thing, but his point is, is, that, is that life is fleeting. Uh, and so, therefore, uh, you know, enjoy your life uh, as you have it right now, because life is life is fleeting. What you you know, you didn't bring anything into the world. Whatever you have, uh, you're not going to be able to take it with you. And and so, the fact that that uh, what we have is uh, you know is is temporal. So perhaps it's uh, you know a, a combination uh, of 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 uh, of that. Uh, so uh, then he says, for we have, if we have food and covering with these, uh, we shall be content. With these, we shall be content. Doesn't that kind of sound like uh, Yeshua, right? Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and uh, in Matthew chapter 6, right? In verse 25, for this reason I say to you, well, actually, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold one and despise the other. Uh, you cannot serve both God and mammon. You cannot serve both God and money. For this reason I say to you, because of that, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than, uh, than clothing? And he goes on to... Uh, uh, to dis- to flesh that out, we might say, and make the point that God provides for our uh, needs. God provides for our needs. And so, therefore, godliness is great gain uh, when accompanied by contentment. Uh, What happens when we're not content and we're seeking contentment elsewhere, whether it be in our bank account or uh, or elsewhere in whatever it might be, 
when we're seeking contentment elsewhere, it kind of, it kind of chokes off the gain that we have from godliness. It kind of chokes off the gain that we have from knowing the Lord. And, that, and as I prayed at the very beginning, that peace uh, uh, that, uh, that is uh, indescribable, right? Uh, or the joy uh, that uh, is undescribable, as, as uh, uh, Peter uh, calls it. So he says here, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmless desires which plunge people into ruin and, dest- and destruction, right? In other words, uh, we fall into temptation in order to be satisfied with whatever it is that we want. Uh, and, and, you know, it can be a lot of things. It doesn't have to just be money. It can uh, be uh, uh, feeling a, a, a sense of worth by engaging in different activity that will give me a sense of worth. Uh, or by chasing the carrot, you know, um, uh, in, in, my, in my career. Or, or uh, by uh, gaining some kind of relationship. That if I'm in a particular relationship uh, with someone or with a group of people, you know, then I'll really be somebody. That's what I really want. And I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to get there. And oftentimes, it causes us to divert from what is right. And that's what the temptation is. To do whatever it takes, to be whatever I want, to get whatever I want, so that I will finally be content and happy and satisfied. But the real truth that we learn is, is that we'll never be content and happy and satisfied. There will always be a lack and we will always uh, always want more. He says, for the love of money, again, he's talking about uh, finances here, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money itself, of course, is not evil, but the love of it, the, 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 the desire, the insatiable desire for it is a root of all kinds of evil. And then it says, some longing for it have wandered away from the face. faith. And then, pierce themselves, you know, literally it means like stabbing themselves, right? Uh, but figuratively, it means like, you know, like hurting themselves, uh, uh, d- damaging themselves in trying, to, uh, in trying to get there, okay? And in the context here, evidently, those same kinds of people are ones who are uh, wreaking havoc in the in the community uh, in in the community uh, as uh, as well, uh, and and so this is an admonition. Paul is is saying to uh, Timothy, so beware of these kinds of people. You got to speak to this issue uh, and make sure that people are people in the community. Uh, are not telling others or preaching or trying to inculcate this uh, idea of of we can gain wealth uh, through the through the good news, through uh, godliness, uh, through the gospel, and certainly when it comes to uh, uh, inculcating something to a young leader, that is uh, uh, extremely important. Uh, to recognize what the priorities are. You know, you got to be in it for the right thing. And so whether we're talking uh, about leaders or any of us, 
we got to make sure we're in it for the right thing, right? Uh, and, and that is uh, what he is uh, reminding. Uh, well, that is what he is uh, reminding uh, uh, Timothy uh, about. Okay? All right. So uh, this, the beginning of this section uh, is about beware of uh, uh, straying from the truth uh, because of great wants and desires. Okay? So, you know, when we come to this time of year, uh, we're all human beings and we live in a culture that teaches us, that, 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 that teaches us, that feeds us our whole lives about wanting things, wanting things, having things. And don't think for a minute that all of us have not been affected by that. We are all affected by that. Uh, and, uh, and it's something that we really have to be aware of. When we just think about lifestyles and we think about what do I really want to be if I'm, if I'm a, a young person, what do I want to aspire to? What do I want to have? Do I want to live in a certain place? Do I want to have a certain kind of house? Do I want to have a certain kind of job? Do I want to marry somebody who has a lot of money? Do I, uh, do I want to drive a big car? Do I want, what is, how do I define comfort? How do I even define contentment? How many of us who struggle financially would ever call ourselves content? It's a tough call, right? It's a tough call. And sometimes that carrot is out there that uh, if I make this move, I'll be comfortable. And we equate, ready for this? We equate that comfort with it must be God's will. Because God desires that I'm comfortable. So therefore, if I have some kind of opportunity for comfort, it must be coming from God because that's what God really wants from me. After all, uh, I'm a uh, child of God and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all things work together for good, right? To those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So, uh, so wow, my ship has come in. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's a great thing. So we're all affected by it on one level or another. Uh, and so uh, here, Paul is saying to, to Timothy, these are profound words. Godliness is of great gain when accompanied by contentment. If we do not experience that contentment, our godliness is not of great gain. Hopefully, you know, we got the doctrinal statement down. I know I'm saved. I know what happens after I die, you know, all of that. But what is the quality of life uh, right now? That is a really important question. Because according to this passage, God is concerned about the quality of our life right now. In terms of contentment in him. And so, so Paul says... Uh, you know, to Timothy, so watch out for these people and teach it right. But then he, then he shifts gears and like focuses in on Timothy and he speaks to him about it. Not just teach these things, Timothy. He says that, Paul says that, that's like a refrain here. Teach these things, teach these things. But now he, he turns his attention to Timothy himself and he says in verse 11, flee from these things, you man of God. So evidently, Paul was concerned that Timothy himself really might be taken in by this. After all, 
Uh, who doesn't want to have, to have financial security? Uh, who doesn't want to uh, be comfortable or just at least uh, know I have a roof over my head? And so he says, Timothy, flee from these things. Flee from this kind of discussion uh, that, you know, that he's talking about earlier in the chapter. And, and flee from this idea that, that godliness will get you uh, a comfort uh, in this world. Oh, doesn't that just... Fl- I would never be able to sell a book. You, you know what I'm saying? It just would not work, right? Uh, because it's not, about, uh, it's not about me, and it's not about comfort, and, and this all flies in the face of often what we hear. Because in our culture, the gospel itself has been compromised with this way of thinking. And so uh, how important it is uh, for us as we approach Passover to be challenged by this. So now in this sentence uh, where he says, flee from these things, uh, you man of God, the beginning of the sentence actually says, oh man of God, flee from these things. Okay? So he calls him a man of God. That's a, that's a great statement, man of God. Okay? Not everybody in the Bible is called a man of God. Moses is called a man of God. The prophets are often referred to as a, a man of God. Probably what Paul is saying, Timothy, you're a man of God. Kind of reminding him who he is. Isn't that what a mentor does? You know, Remember who you are. You are a man of God. Flee, run away from these things. Run away, escape, like you're escaping from a fire, like you're getting out of harm's way. Like, be afraid of that kind of thinking, Timothy. It's just like when it says flee immorality, you know, in another place, right? Run away. This is bad for you. And certainly, anyone who is a spiritual leader or an aspiring spiritual leader, run away from that. That is, uh, uh, how, many, how many people even just that, that we know that, uh, you know, publicly have shamed themselves and, 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 and brought shame to, to the name of God in running after those things, right? Run away from it. And for all of us, we really need to come to terms with that. Run away from it. How many of us have gotten into horrible either a financial mess or other problems when it comes to this issue of, God, I need you to provide this thing for me. I need this. And then we, we figure out a way to get there, uh, and it just leads away from the purity of the good news, from the joy of knowing God, from the testimony that we have, and we become consumed by these things. So he says, run away, run for your life, O man of God. But then isn't it interesting? He uses another word, pursue. Run away and then run after. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just uh, uh, marvelous the way he writes this. Pursue, that is a, uh, uh, you know, that is a, uh, that, that is a great word uh, 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 to, to uh, run after, to, uh, uh, to hasten, to, uh, it's even actually, what was very interesting about it, 
uh, is uh, that the word itself also means uh, to harass, uh, to persecute, to, like to chase after, to, 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 to get something, to, to press on, to go after it. It's like the opposite of flee. Flee, run away, get away from it, you know? Uh, pursue is run after it, go for it with everything that you have. And usually what, I mean, listen, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, oftentimes when we think about, wow, what do I really spend a lot of my time pursuing and running after, right? We have hobbies. Uh, we have things that, that we just like to do uh, or uh, uh, other, you know, what, it, what you know, our, our careers or uh, other things. Wow, he, he uses very strong language. And by the way, uh, uh, you could say, uh, you could translate it, uh, always be fleeing, Timothy, these things. Always be fleeing and always be pursuing. Now, when he talks about pursuing, going after things, Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Uh, this is uh, very important to us because uh, he's saying, Timothy, take the initiative. Take the initiative. Use your energy. Use your head. Use your mind. Use everything that you have and go after these virtues. Go after these traits. Now, as Messiah followers, the egg I come out of, and the egg that many of you probably come out of is, all right, listen, I play a passive role in my spiritual life. I know what I believe in my head, and I pray, and I trust that God will work in me to cause me to be this kind of person. Well, yes, of course, but we are called to work hard at it. We are called to go after it, to run away from, to run away from things that we know down deep in our heart are not satis not only gonna not satisfy, but will draw us away from God. And we are called to run after uh, the things that drive us to God and cause us to to uh, to live for Him and to walk with walk uh, with Him. And so it is not a case. Of, of being passive. It's, you know, it's the same thing when it comes to the enemy, Satan. Oh, I have this condition or I can't help myself because the enemy continues to attack me and continues to attack me. Well, here, may I suggest that while there may be some truth in that, the fact is you're doing those things, okay? And as long as you just continue to blame the enemy, you'll never get over it. It'll always be there. Unless you say, no, wait a minute. He who lives in me is greater than he who lives in the world. And I can move forward by taking the initiative and the power of the Ruach, and I can live the right way. I can in Messiah Yeshua, in his power. In other words, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim of the culture. I'm not a victim of my circumstance. I'm not a victim of the enemy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't play simply a passive role in my relationship with God. But we are called to use our resources and to go after these things. Uh, now, uh, these things, righteousness, godliness, 
uh, faith, love, perseverance, uh, and, uh, and gentleness. What we're going to do in the next few weeks is look at a few of these things, but also apply the virtues uh, that we find in... Uh, th- there is a Jewish... Um, there is a Jewish spiritual exercise. That's a good word for that. A Jewish spiritual exercise or discipline. And it's called Musar. And Musar, don't worry about what the word means. It's actually in the book of Proverbs. But anyway, what it is, it, ta- it, it, it looks at character traits and then provides, okay, this week we're going to work on this one. We're going to focus on it. We're going to look for opportunities to do it and to, and to be it. So we're going to look at, at some uh, virtues and, and character traits as we approach Passover, and we're going to look at them very practically. We're going to say, okay, this week, how can I practice righteousness? How can I find some way to do righteousness? You know, uh, to, uh, to, to engage uh, and, and I'm going to really think about it, and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to take the initiative uh, uh, to live this way. And you know what you end up finding? You end up finding that when you take the initiative and you're really like gung-ho on uh, desiring a godly ways of living, that what ends up happening? You find contentment. You end up finding contentment. You end up Trust that you in you you are cultivating trust. You are cultivating the way this way of life by desiring to live with uh, these virtues: the virtue of generosity, the virtue of humility, uh, the virtue of of uh, thanksgiving. They all come under the heading of righteousness, you know, and uh, uh, righteousness and godliness. Uh, and uh, faith and love and perseverance and, and gentleness. So we're going to be looking at some of these things. But notice the terms that Paul uses. So he uh, not only says pursue, like go after it, but then he says fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. You know, all I can, whenever I hear that, you know what I think of? I think of the uh, two great speeches, which I have never memorized, but I've always wanted to of Newt Rockney, you know? We're going to hit him high, we're going to hit him low, we're going to, you know, the whole thing. You know, the, you, know you see the movie, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, and, but, but just this sense of, okay, we're going we're gonna to go for it, we're going to go for it, but isn't it great to go for godliness? Go for uh, character traits that lead to contentment and joy because that's what we really want in this life, and, that, and God desires that, but just not the way we think. Because, you see, we're living under the lordship of Yeshua, the kingship of God. We're citizens of another, of another place of, 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 with uh, different values. And we're passing through here, and we need to really think that way. And so what happens, you know, when we approach Passover, you know, we, uh, we're thinking about what God has done for us, Yes, back in Egypt, but also in Messiah Yeshua. Uh, and then we have the 50 days journey this year. Henry is uh, going to be uh, giving us uh, devotional uh, readings uh, on, on Psalms. Uh, and we'll be able to walk through that together. 
But I would also challenge us to think about a variety of these traits and say, wow, you know, I really want to live this way. Enough with me just living a mediocre life, you know, enough of it. Enough of having, of going after what I want and then it not really being enough or being disappointed in it anyway. Enough. I want to live that life of contentment in the Lord. Well, you know, you see, God, that's a promise that God says can happen as we live in him and walk in him. So he says, fight the good fight. Then he says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Fight the good fight. Take hold of it. Pursue it. Don't be passive, you know, in your uh, walk with the Lord, right? And, uh, and like anything else, you know, this sounds so, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I'll just say, it sounds like, well, what, are we working for something here, you know? Are we working for something? No, we're not working for it. Well, yes, we are. Yes. Uh, we're not working for a personal relationship with God. We're not working for, uh, you know, to please God so then he'll accept us. No. It's after the fact that we work hard at serving God. We work hard at being godly. We work hard at, at fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. It doesn't come by reading your Bible every few days and praying over your food, okay? It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen by showing up at services and just living in the messianic culture. It doesn't happen that way. It happens when we take the whole thing seriously and we say, this is my life and that I will be content. And that is my goal is to be content. You know, look, when it comes to, as we look at the demographics of uh, Beth Messiah congregation, uh, you know, there might have been a day when we would say, when I would look out and say to the whole congregation, it's not about, you know, chasing the, the carrot. Now, now, hey, you know, I'm up late at night sometimes. I see those advertisements about, if you're ever going to retire, this is how much money you need to have in your bank account, or you can forget about the whole thing, right? Turn off the TV. It will only depress you, Okay. It will only depress you, all right? Uh, because you know what? I know, you th I know, I'm looking around the room. I mean, what you're thinking? That's what we're thinking about, right? Right, right? You're never going to have enough, all right? You're not going to have enough, all right? But wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to grow old and content? To grow old and content, not, oh, if I had only made that investment. Oh, if I only had, uh, you know, this much money. Oh, if the market didn't do this. No, but what a gift to be content. And so I encourage us all, and I'm looking in the mirror myself to say, let's really strive for this, because that, that is what really gives us that joy, contentment, peace, all, all of that. Let's focus on what God would have us do. He made us. He knows what we're made of. He knows what really brings joy, peace, and contentment. And he says this to Timothy, a fine young man who loves the Lord. And he says again, oh, you man of God, run away from that stuff. Run away from that mindset. Run away from that worldview. But run to 
these virtues and values, and you will indeed see contentment. So, you know, God redeemed us out of Egypt. He redeemed us out of Egypt. He didn't redeem us out of Egypt to uh, die in the wilderness. He didn't redeem us uh, out of Egypt to be at home in the wilderness. He redeemed us out of Egypt to be content in Him and to keep moving forward uh, with uh, a destination uh, uh, in, in our minds, but to just trust Him and keep moving forward. How did our people go wrong? They went wrong by not being content with what God uh, with what God had given them in the wilderness. That's where the grumbling, that's where the desire to go back to Egypt comes from, and all of it, right? So, uh, as Messiah followers who have been redeemed, let us walk in contentment with the Lord and recognize that real freedom, real freedom is not being in bondage to all those things, but living uh, uh, in the Lord and being content in Him. Let's pray. The Lord uh, God, uh, thank you for this great word from, uh, uh, from Paul to Timothy. Lord, I pray, God, that uh, we ourselves might really take an inventory of our lives and say, what really are we pursuing? What are we really going after? And how are we doing it? And Lord, I pray that we would not isolate our spiritual life from all this, that we would not just see ourselves, you know, as kind of like religious people, but that engaging you uh, affects every single area of life. And Lord, I pray, God, that we might flee from a way of life that is distracting, that, that uh, causes us to really not trust in you, and to be anxious for everything. Lord, I pray, God, that we would indeed uh, focus on you, trust you, as, as Yeshua said, and seek first your kingdom, Lord, and, and we'll have what we need. But may we seek first your kingdom. And when we seek you, we will seek, we will find that contentment. Lord, when we strive, when we uh, take the initiative, to focus on a way of life, Lord, that demonstrates trust and faith in you, Lord, we will find what we're looking for. And so, Lord, as we begin uh, uh, to move forward toward Passover, Lord, uh, may you begin to stir our hearts. And over the next few weeks, as we look at some different ways of living in you that bring contentment, Lord, uh, may this all make a difference in our walk, our marriages, our relationships with people, the way we view ourselves, the way we view this world, and our future. And we pray in Messiah's name. Amen.